Okay, we're back. We're back after a Thursday night football brawl between the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Browns. Um, I'm gonna, of course, I'm gonna give you my juicy opinion on that. Uh, that was that that was something new. Uh, NFL, they handed out suspensions. We're gonna, I'm gonna, we're gonna touch bases on that. Also, we're gonna get into some NBA talk. Um, early season surprises or such. Uh, we're gonna talk about what's going, what's been going on early in the season. What I've been seeing. Um, and then we might even talk about some playoff teams that are teams that are in the hunt but are in contention for a playoff spot. So I'm gonna we're gonna touch bases on all of that and um just happy Friday. So um let's go. Okay, so we're back. Happy Friday, everybody. Um, let's go into the weekend strong. So, Thursday night football, Browns versus Steelers. Browns win, but the Miles Garrett and uh, Mason Rudolph incident, fight, brawl, whatever you want to call it, have has uh, have obviously taken over all of the headlines, and it's been it's I'm sure it's been talked about. All throughout the day, and it's going to probably continue to talk all throughout week 11. Um, suspensions has been laid down. Uh, Miles Garrett has, is, is suspended out indefinitely for the rest of the season, including the playoffs, if the Browns make the playoffs. Um, Mar- Marquise Pouncey, center of the Pittsburgh Steelers, he's facing a three-game suspension. Um, we're going to get into this. So, Miles Garrett... If you if you go, I, I would advise you go look at the video if you haven't seen it. I'm probably I'm sure you've seen it, but Miles Garrett sacks uh, or well he didn't sack Mason Rudolph. Mason Rudolph gets rid of the ball. Clearly, Miles Garrett comes hit Michael hit hit Mason hit Mason Rudolph drives Mason Rudolph into the ground. Then Mason Rudolph, you know, get gets aggravated about that because that that's a late hit, that's illegal, and then everything transpired where he, where Miles Garrett lifted up, lifted up Mason Rudolph, hit him with the helmet, and then that's where everything got crazy. Now, that was absolutely horrible for Cleveland. That was bad optics for Cleveland. And for all the idiotic Cleveland fans and all the people that's out there talking about, oh, this is a racial bias thing, white quarterback, and don't get this, the quarterback didn't get no suspension. Yeah, the NFL actually got this one right. The NFL actually got this one right. Mason Rudolph, the quarterback, should not be suspended. He should, excuse me, he should not be suspended. No. Not a second, not a half, no. Mason Rudolph got hit illegally, drove to the ground. Yeah, I would have did the same thing. And then after that, gets picked up by his helmet by a guy 
who is probably 30 to 40 pounds heavier than him, yes, I would have done the same exact thing. I would have done the same exact thing that Mason Rudolph did. Try to, you know, get him off of me. That's all Mason Rudolph did was try to get him off of him. Miles Garrett gets up, pulls his helmet off, lifts him up by the helmet. So that's all just neck and you, you can't, you really have no control over your body. He lifts him up and he, using the, using the helmet as a weapon. Like, what the hell? And mind you, Miles Garrett is a league. He, he's he, he's he's on top of the league. He's on top of the league of 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 late hit penalties. He he he's he's on top of the league in that late hits and rush and uh, and and um roughing the passer. He leads the league in those penalties. So he's a he's a league leader in those penalties. And then not to mention also. That what he the incident that he did last night and all throughout last night. I don't know if you know this, but all throughout last night, Cleveland, Cleveland was hitting was hitting had so many helmet to helmet hits. They had like four or five helmet to helmet hits, and those didn't look incidental. Those everybody's like, oh, is that helmet to helmet hit incidental or those hits didn't look incidentals. Those hits. Look purposeful. Cleveland came out with I think Cleveland came out with the intention of we're gonna we're gonna send a message to Pittsburgh. We're gonna punch Pittsburgh in the mouth. And that happened. That transpired. So I think Cleveland is just another Browns moment. Despite the Browns winning, because nobody's talking about that. Nobody's talking about the Browns winning. Everybody's talking about what happened with eight seconds left in the game. Everybody's talking about that. And rightfully so. This is just another Browns idiotic moment. And the people of Ohio is actually defending Miles Garrett. How, wait, wait, wait. How in the hell can you do that? How, how in the hell can you defend Miles Garrett? That's like me walking up to somebody and, say, hey, and just hitting them. And then I keep hitting them. And then they go into their self-defense. And then I beat them up some more. No. I was wrong. Mason Rudolph was not wrong. Miles Garrett was wrong. Mason Rudolph, at that point, he's just trying to have self-defense. So, you know, you know, don't you know, self-defense is a, like, a, it's a right. It's a right in the country. It's, that is a constitutional law and right. You know that, right? Right. That's a law. That's an actual law. Self-defense. That's all Mason Rudolph was trying to do. Because at that point, he had a guy that was 30 to 40 pounds heavier than him, stronger than him, bigger than him, on top of him, who already had committed a late hit, something illegal in the game, already on top of him, and then lifts him up by his helmet. What the hell is that? People on the internet, you can't, you can, I mean, you, you can't defend that. If, you, if, if you're defending that, I wonder what else would you defend? Because if you're defending that hit, if you're, if you're, if you're defending what Miles Garrett has did, what he, what he has done, and what he did to Mason Rudolph, 
then something's wrong with you. You can't defend that. That that was kind that was some that was somewhat of a criminal act that he committed. That was a criminal that was a criminal criminal like act that he committed. And don't try to play the race don't try to play the race card either. Don't play the race card. Don't play the race card because the, the ra- race has nothing to do with this is- this situation. Race has nothing to do with this situation whatsoever. This is about right or wrong and self-defense and Miles Garrett Miles Garrett taking it to the next level. That that's this is this is this is just what this is about. So don't give me that 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 crap. Don't defend that crap. Please don't defend that crap. Because that's bad. That's bad if you try to defend that. Miles Garrett was absolutely wrong. And the suspension he got, he earned it. He earned a, a yearly suspension. He earned that. What he got, he deserved it. And some would argue, he deserves more. Some would argue, he deserves more than he actually got. I mean, totally unacceptable. Totally, I mean, totally unacceptable what he did last night. If you think about it, you might want to, I mean, the league might want to even think about suspending him going on to next year, going into next regular, the next regular season. I mean, absolutely pitiful. And I want to give, and I, and I get on this guy a lot, but Baker Mayfield, I want to give him his props. He did a great job after the game, post-game, Answering the questions regarding to the brawl, the fight, he did a great job. He did a good job. It was more. It was a nice, well thought out franchise quarterback type answer. And I've been getting on Baker all year due to his play. I've been getting on him all year and banging him all year. But that was a great. That was a great response. That was a response that that was needed at the time. That was a response that was needed at the time. Because even with Freddie Kitchens at the postgame, hey, media members asked him, was that intentional? Was that whole thing intentional? He got real defensive. You know, when people get real defensive, that means they're guilty. When people get real defensive about something, that means they're guilty. It was only a question. But Cleveland, uh, you know, they didn't want to. If, if, if the Browns would have lost this game, Freddie Kitchens would have got fired. Freddie Kitchens would have been fired this morning. He 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 would have got fired. Now they won, but Cleveland still has an out where hey, we can they can fire him due to all this, all this mess. The Browns just I don't you I don't know if you noticed, but the, or or heard, but the Browns released Anthony Calloway. Missed the four, the missed the first four games of this year. Now suspended again for uh, I think the, for violating the drug policy. Of the NFL, he suspended for ten more games. They went on; they they waived them. That this is just what the Browns are about. This this is what the Browns are about. And Miles Garrett, they might they they might seriously need to check on Miles Garrett because he he leads the he led the league in late and late and late flat and late hits all last year, and he's a league leader once again in that category and that and such of such penalties this year so far. And his year's over. They may seriously need to check on him. 
They may seriously need to check on him because that that right there was not cool at all, bro. That was not cool at all. Browns, the NFL need to really dig deep and look into that. But this 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 transitioned me to my next point about the Browns. I got two more points to hit. Baker, I like I said, or like I mentioned earlier, Baker. I've been getting on Baker all year. I've been getting on him all year about the Browns' performance and his own individual performance, um, which has been bad. It's been bad. It's been bad. But, but, I don't think Baker is this bad. I think Baker is a, you know how people say, oh, you're, you're a product of your uh, your community? I think Baker is a product of his community, of his franchise, of his organization. I don't, this is why I questioned the draft pick. And this is why I questioned how much success will Baker Mayfield see. Especially being in Cleveland. Because I, I, like, I look at guys like Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes, even Carson Wentz. Those guys got good matches. They got perfect... They got... Not perfect matches, but those guys got the talent to overcome some of these organization, organizational structures or struggles. Like Deshaun Watson, Houston front office uh, is shaky. It's somewhat. It's uh, it's okay. Houston, he came into a, a bad Houston O-line. Deshaun Watson had the talent to overcome that. Uh, Baker, he got... He got he got a, he got a, a bad owner, bad ownership, a GM, a GM that don't really care about character guys. He don't. I mean, you can. You, Cleveland has a history of picking bad character guys. A GM that has bad history of picking guys and 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 and, and making the right acquisitions and moves, and then a coach, a head coach that quite honestly shouldn't be a head coach. Freddie Kitchen should not be a head coach. He's more of a position coach, which he was. So he has to Baker has to overcome all of that and then some more. And like I said, I don't think he had the talent. I don't think he has he's not as talented as those other guys to do so. It's a lot that he has to overcome. And I don't think Baker Mayfield is gonna reach his full potential. I don't think he's gonna re- I don't think he's gonna he's gonna be more of a half glass full, a half glass empty type guy. He's not gonna reach his full potential. Cause he has to overcome so much just playing and being part of the Browns organization. This is just classic Browns. I mean, the fans having parade. I mean, they're already setting up parades for playoff appearances. First of all, the Browns are not gonna make it to the playoffs. They're not gonna make it to the playoffs. They're not going. They ain't going to no damn playoffs. So, what I mean? What is it? What is it to talk about? And I, I, I doubt. I mean, I don't. Like I said, Baker's been bad this year, but I don't think Baker is this bad. I don't think he's this I don't think I don't think he's been this bad. Like Baker has been worse than some backups. He should, he's been worse than some backups. And it's like, huh? 
Baker's not this bad. But I don't think he is as talented as Deshaun Watson or Patrick Mahomes. I don't think he's as talented as those guys. But. But. I don't think he's going to reach his full potential. And I think he's a good quarterback. He's a good starter in this league. I think he'd be a starter where he'd go to a couple Pro Bowls. Excuse me. Excuse me. He'd go to a couple Pro Bowls. You know, he'll probably get to the playoffs a couple times, a few times, win a, couple, win a few playoff games. But he's not going to be a guy that wins you Super Bowls. He's not that talented. He's not as talented as, like, as a Deshaun Watson or Patrick Mahomes. And then in Cleveland, he has to overcome a lot. That's a lot to ask for for a kid. It's a lot to ask for. And I just feel bad for him because I don't think he's going to do it. I honestly don't think he's going to be able to overcome all these organizational troubles that Cleveland has faced these last few years. I don't think so. Okay, so watching the game last night, you know, I talked about the fight in, in the last, in the previous segment. Talking about the game last night, looking at the game, watching the game, it was a, it was a, it was a yawn fest. That game was boring, and if you, if you all know, Cleveland won twenty-one-seven. It was bad though, and similar to last week's win against Buffalo, I know they won, but it's like. Is Cleveland good? Did you see them in the red zone? Like, they look so dysfunctional. Yeah. Cleveland didn't look good last night at all. And Pittsburgh didn't look good at, at night last year at all either. I mean, this, I mean, last night at all either. They didn't, neither team looked good. It was, it was a bad performance. And I know, excuse me. And I know Steeler fans were just like, just disgusted at Mason Rudolph in his play, but then they wake up and find themselves having to defend him due to the altercation in the fight. So it's just one of those things. But I'm just gonna say it right now: neither of those teams are playoff teams. Those 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 two teams we saw last night are not are not playoff caliber teams. And this is why I like this part of the season, Week 11. I always like I told you guys this a couple weeks ago. Around this time, week eleven, week twelve, week thirteen, you can be able, you can see, and you can be able to decipher and pick and nitpick and see who who's a playoff team, who's a playoff team, who's a team that can get to the playoffs, who's a team that can win multiple playoff games. You can you can tell by this time you can tell who who is who. And just looking at both teams last night, Cleveland and Pittsburgh, even though I had Pittsburgh in my top 10 this past week, or coming into this week, I had them in my top 10. Their defense was playing stellar, but offensively they didn't play too well. And Mason Woodoff made a lot of mistakes last night, which led to their demise. But it took four turnovers from Mason Rudolph picks, interceptions, for Cleveland just to secure the game. Cleveland should have, they should have wiped out Pittsburgh all last night. Pittsburgh had injuries on their D-line. Pittsburgh had, James Conner got hurt. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster had gotten hurt. Pittsburgh had nagging injuries. He left and right. And so did Cleveland. But the Cleveland should have, they should have smacked Pittsburgh out of, out of Cleveland. They should have smacked them down Ohio, down Lake Erie. 
I mean, it was it. That was a bad. That was both teams. No, neither team is is ready for the playoffs. And all with that that performance last night, all that showed me was that show. All that showed me was this: Baltimore is heads and show heads and shoulders above both all these teams in their division. Cincinnati's zero nine. We're not even getting a damn about them. Uh, Cleveland is, is pathetic. They're bad. Pittsburgh, they got a lot of injuries. And they're trying to keep stay. They're trying to stay above water. They're trying their best. They're trying to really. They're they they very best, but they're not as good as they're not as good as Baltimore this year. Baltimore is heads and shoulders above everybody in this division. And this is Baltimore's division. Division. This is Baltimore's division. Baltimore's going to win this division. Baltimore's not going to lose this division. This is Baltimore's division to win. Baltimore's not going to lose this one. So Cleveland, the the the, the Brown fans. You can erase the playoff hopes. Pittsburgh, you probably won't make the playoffs this year. Um, it's a couple teams in the AFC that I that I like a little bit more than Pittsburgh. Um, that's that's going to be battling for that five and six spot. Um, because we pretty much know New England's going to win the NFC the AFC East. Like I'm saying right now, Baltimore is going to win the North. I suspect Kansas City would get their play together and have enough to win that West. And Houston, I think, would win the South. So that leaves two more playoff spots. And Oakland, Oakland has a favorable schedule coming down the stretch. I think Oakland will get one of those spots. And I like Indianapolis. Indianapolis, they have Jacoby Brissett coming back. And Tennessee has woke up um, out of nowhere like they always do. And Ryan Tannehill is playing solid with along with that good running game and defense. So those are three teams that I like right now. Much better than Pittsburgh and Buffalo. Let me not get. Let me not forget about Buffalo. So it's four. It's four teams battling out for the two spots. Buffalo's trying to get one of those spots. Indianapolis trying to get one of those spots. The Raiders are trying to get one of those spots. Pittsburgh's trying to get one of those spots. Tennessee's trying to get one of those spots. And I just don't think Pittsburgh has enough in the tank offensively to compete. Defense is good. Defense is good. But I don't know if they have enough offensively to compete. Oakland's schedule coming out the stretch down down the stretch is very favorable. Very favorable. The next couple weeks, they got Cincinnati this week and then the Jets next week. So a very favorable schedule for the Raiders. They can't screw it up. Buffalo, they already have about six, seven wins on their on the docket already. So coming down the stretch, it's gonna be real important. And I'm looking at the Browns' schedule. They got Miami next week. They got Pittsburgh at Pittsburgh, week 13. Then they got Cincinnati week 14. Then they have to go at Arizona. Then they have to play Baltimore. And then Cincinnati close out the season. Cleveland looked horrible last night. Even despite the wins, despite them winning, they looked horrible last night. They looked god-awful last night. I I don't suspect them. I don't think they'll make it to the playoffs. In the NFC, I I I looked at the I looked at the Rams week last week against Pittsburgh. I look at the O line, the interior of the O line, it's bad, it's bad, it it, it it's funky, it's funky. And you look at some of these problems, some of these issues. You're like, ah, uh, that 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 can't be fixed. That that's not a minor fix. That's not a minor fix. And like I said, hey. 
week 11, week 12, this week 11 from week 13 range is a range where standings will sort itself out and you'll be able to you'll be able to pick and decipher which team or which teams are playoff caliber and which team is just not going to make the playoffs at all. And I'm looking at and I I I, I looked at both teams last night horrible. I looked at the Rams uh against Pittsburgh last week. The interior of their O line, that's a major problem. And that's a major problem. And coming down the stretch, you got to play Seattle again. You got to play San Francisco again. Two two D lines. Seattle D line has woken up, uh, has woken up, and now you know San Francisco's D line is it, it's good. It's it's still good. It's the best, it's probably the best in football. So it's a it, it, it's a lot of it's a lot of issues with that line that the Rams have to fix. It's a lot. It's a lot of issues that they have to tool, tool up and patch up, and I don't think they're going to do it. Chicago, offensively, they're bad. Offense, they're, they're, they're bad. They're bad. They got, they got shut a couple weeks ago. A couple weeks ago, got shut down by Philly. Bad. Just bad. You're not going to win. You're not going to the playoffs like that. So, like I always say, around this time, you're not gonna, you're, you're, you're not gonna, you're not gonna be able to do it. You're not gonna be able to do it. And right now, you got the Patriots at eight and one, division leader. Baltimore at seven and two, Houston at six and three, Kansas City at six and four, uh, Buffalo right now is in the wild card at six and three, and then rate, and then the Raiders have that last wild card spot at five and four. Um, it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if it stays just like that. But you're in the hunt, you got Indianapolis at five and four, Pittsburgh at five and five, Tennessee at five and five, Cleveland at four and six. Jacksonville at four and five, they're not gonna make the playoffs. They're not gonna, like Cleveland, Jacksonville, Pittsburgh. I don't think they have enough to make it to the playoffs. They're not gonna make it to the playoffs, and Cle- it's just bad for Cleveland because um, they, they, they. I mean, you wake up this morning, okay, you beat Pittsburgh. So what? You're still third in your division. Pittsburgh is still a game ahead of you, and you still gotta play them again at Pittsburgh. Slow down, please slow down. Slow down. I'll be back with you guys in the next segment. Okay, so as I promised, I'm back. As I promised, we're gonna talk about. Um, I'm gonna talk about and bring a listener on. We got Michael on. Um, we're gonna talk about some um, basketball early se- early season um, things we've been saying early season, and um, of course the big breaking news from last from to last night was Carmelo Anthony getting signed to the Trailblazers on a non guaranteed deal. Um, I, I, I feel like the Blaze, they, the Blazers been missing a small forward for some time now. They've been, miss, they haven't had a small forward in years. Um, they've been, that's been their, their, that's been their missing piece for a very long time. And they got that. Um, and they kind of quite frankly needed it at this time. They're four and eight, they're about 12th and 13th in the West. Um, so early still early in the season, 
But what do you what so Mike, what do you think about that um addition of Carmelo Anthony? Um, I think it's a good uh, it's a good addition. Um adding another solid veteran on the team. Well, maybe he hasn't been too far, but he's been in the league for a while. Um it's just a good just a good just yeah, just good um a good mindset to put on there, uh, you know, with uh, Dame, CJ, you know, they've been to uh been through the West just a little while. Um, you know, they added Hassan Whiteside on there. Yep. But overall, you know, Portland has a, a very good very good roster, um, as we look at it. You know, they got Paul Gasol, we know he has championships, you know, they got Rodney Hood, he's a good role player. Um, you got Joseph Nurkic, uh, CJ, and of course, you know, Dame Time, Damian Lillard. I think it's a good uh, good pickup. I think it's about time that he was added onto the team. The only thing that I hope doesn't happen is he's on there with too many other weapons and they uh, overlook him or he's struggling to find his own route, which we know he can't do. But for the team, we want to know if that's going to be a problem. Right. And I think I think it's a good ad- – I mean, I'm not mad at the addition because um, Melo – he can, offensively he can still play. Uh, defensively is what you know has always been his weak point. But I think like coming down the stretch, especially I think because I think they're gonna keep him throughout the, the throughout the um the regular season and going into the playoffs. Um, hopefully Portland get their play together and they can make it to the playoffs. But with Portland being you know Portland runs a lot of isolation and down the stretch where. Teams are looking, are keying in on Dame and CJ. I feel like Portland now with Melo, they have another option, another third option where they can, he can, he can make a bucket if you need him to. Right, yeah, right. Because we got to be honest here, Saul Whiteside's not going to really go get you a bucket. Right. Neither is Joseph Nurkic, Pagasol. We know Rodney Hood. He's a, he's a good shooter, but in those clutch moments, he's not going to go get it for you. Kent Bazemore. He's a solid defenseman, you know, everything like that. He can get you a good 12, 15 points, but, you know, in times of serious situation, he's not going to do it for you. So, yeah, and Fernie Simmons, Simons, not Simmons, mm-hmm. Fernie Simons, he's a, he's, a, he's a nice guy. He, he got some skills. I see what he's been doing lately, but still, just with that better mindset, I think, yeah, adding Melo in there, having to, having to guard three guys instead of two, yeah, that, that's, that's a problem, especially when we know that um, – you know, Dan can shoot almost from anywhere out there past the three-point line. Just adding, adding another guy who also has that clutch uh, gene factor, as we've seen him do before. Yeah, that only helps. So, Portland right now is what? In 13th? 12th? Yeah, 13th right now. 13th and... Yeah. Four, four, 13th in the West, and they are 4-8. and 4-8. and eight. They are 1-4 and four at home and 3-4 and four away. Oh wow, that's interesting because they're usually a good they're usually a good home team. They play well at Portland, but don't know what's going on. Yeah. I think and you so I don't I think it's just early season struggles. They're four and eight. I think obviously I think they'll start to pick up their play, hopefully. Um because I had Portland as one of those teams in the Western Conference where as of right now, I, I had like be, before the season, I had Portland being one of the best teams in the West, as like a top five team in the West. Um, obviously, they haven't gotten to that. And since we're talking about the West, is it anybody? Is it, let's just be honest. I I know we love Denver. I know we love Utah. But is it anybody that's going to be able to compete with these two LA teams, the Clippers and Lakers? Dallas, as of right now, even though they're six and five, and they 
three and two in the conference, and they're two and zero in the division. But I think Dallas honestly will be that only kind of greedy team to be able to stick in there because as of right now, our predictions are correct. Los Angeles Lakers, Houston Rockets, Denver, Utah are top four teams. Right now, you understand, you know, Clippers are still seven and five. Phoenix, you know, has jumped in there. And yeah. Before, but basically, our predictions are correct. They're all the teams that we basically predicted earlier this season are right where we said they're going to be. Right. And right now, Dallas is the only team I can see really that can stick in there with them. And the reason being is because, you know, like I told, like I told you before, guarding LeBron and guarding AD at the same time, there, those are problems. And <laughs> yeah, if you shut down. One of them, it makes it easier. Not saying that that's the game, but it makes it easier. Now, we see that Paul George came back. Paul George is, looks like he just he fit right in. Yes. Well, he wasn't no slowing down. <laughs> uh, you couldn't even tell. He just came off that uh, that rotator cuff surgery. But, I mean, yeah, he fit right in. Um, now, the only thing you can say now is, what does he look like with Kawhi Leonard? And uh, we saw what that looked like. It was all right. But, yeah, I mean, as the season goes on, they can only get stronger from here. So I think Dallas is the only team right now, man, that can that can really jump in there with them. Houston, uh, we, we see what they're doing. Um, Do we really trust Houston? I, uh, I don't know. Houston doesn't play enough defense for me. I don't think. Me either. They got a couple of teams. They got a couple of players like PJ. You know, he's a solid one-on-one guy. But I don't feel like enough players in this starting line to play good enough defense in order to stop, you know, these offensive teams that are just coming out there, man. These, they're, they're getting out there, you know, scoring 130 points, you know, in a game. And I think, you know, as the season goes on, I mean, yeah, this is turned into who's going to score more, but at the end of the day, defense is still a major part within a win, especially in the playoffs as we know about. So I know it's still early, and maybe I can be overreacting. And I think the Clippers, even though they lost last night to the Pelicans, um, Paul, like you said, Paul George did not miss a beat. He um, he had 33, 7 rebounds, and 6 assists. He shot the ball pretty well. He did not miss a beat. And I know, it's, like I said, I know it's thoroughly. But who, I mean, let's just be honest. Let's be real. It's going through staples. The Staples Center. Uh, Clippers, Lakers. Um, the Lakers are first. Uh, you know they're, they're hot right now. They're in the f- first place um, in the Western Conference at nine and two. They're playing exceptional defense. Um, the offense. Their offense still haven't found uh, the, the the proper groove yet. But you would think with LeBron and AD, you would think that. They'll find a way to score points offensively. Right. But who, I mean. We got to think about it. Like, yesterday when they played Golden State, you know, after that route, Kyle Kuzma had 22, JaVale had 18. Right. Vaughn had 23, you know, Dwight Howard had 15, Quinn Cook had 10. Those are good production numbers. It is. I think those are very good production numbers. Um, not everybody has to be in double figures in order to uh, take down this edition of Golden State that we've seen. But just being able to do that as a team is, you know, that's always exceptional. Um, for yeah, going back to the Pelicans and um, the Clippers, we saw that they lost yesterday. But we got we got to look at the stats here. 
Lou Williams had 31 points in 37 minutes. Marcus Jesus. Hero had 18 points in 36 minutes. Paul Jesus. George had 33 points in 24 minutes. That Those are good numbers. Let's not forget about Magruder who came off the bench and got him 36 minutes, you know, and 20 points within that. Wow. But, yeah, that's just like, that's, that's, that's good stuff. But, on the contrary, let's think about how New Orleans was playing. Drew Holiday got him a quick 36 points. David yes. Favors went in there and got him a quick 20 points in 35 minutes. J.J. Reddick, same thing, got him a, night, got him a good 19-point outing. That's like, yeah, you, you, you need stuff like that. Those are, you know, the best also didn't do as serious, but they also did pretty daggone well. And like I said, for a team to be able to have all those guys in double figures, or what, four guys in double figures, right? you still managed to lose... You know what I'm saying? That's yeah. That that just shows you. I honestly think that just shows you how serious the Western Conference is this year. Um, you know, of course, the teams are a couple of teams are under 500 and stuff like that. But you can't just sit there and say that that's it. So like, and and despite the Lakers doing well, despite the Lakers doing well and they're playing good defensively, and you mentioned that some of their role players played good um, the other night against the Warriors, like right. the White Howard. The White Howard's been having an exceptional season so far. Um. He's leading the league in plus minus, so he's doing a good job. Um, Quinn Cook played well the other night as well. I look at the Clippers, and I'm and I'm th- I'm just thinking of the pl- of the playoffs. I'm automatically jumping to the playoffs. Um, I'm thinking of the Clippers and the Lakers. I like how the Lakers been looking. I like how the way they've been playing defense, but I do think they are missing another piece offensively. That the Clippers have. The Clippers have guys coming off the bench like Montrez Harrell and especially Lou Williams that can really take over a game. Do you see anybody from the Lakers coming off their bench that can take over a game offensively? I gotta say no on that one. Uh, I think that Quinn Cook can have a couple of breakout games. If the night is right, um, I don't know. That's, that's a good question. I think you know Danny Green's a starter. I don't think Jared Dudley's and Cape. I don't think he's capable of doing that. Alvin no. So he can he can get taken over. Caldwell Pope. I don't even. Hell no. Now he looks like he has been playing with elementary school kids. Hell you know, no. For you know the, the first start of this season. But um, looking at these names, these are all just solid role players. These are all just solid guys. But when you need that 25 or 30 points or those 40 points coming off the bench, you'll be all right. And this is... I don't see anybody just coming in and just like, this is my game. I can't see that. And this is my point. Um, I don't know how you feel about this. You may think I'm wrong. But I think the Lakers should honestly, should honestly think about Having Kyle Kuzma come off the bench because as you, you can keep your starters, LeBron at the point, Avery Bradley as your two, Danny Green as your three, AD at your four, and, and JaVale McGee at your five. And I think you keep Kuzma off, you, you bring Kuzma off the bench so you have a spark coming off the bench offensively and then coming down the stretch late in, the, late in games in the fourth quarter. You play Kuzma at the four and AD at the five. What do you say about that? Well, or that idea? 
good thing. And I think Kuzma is doing what he needs to do in his position. Um, yeah, I think he's doing what he needs to do in his position. But only thing about that, that switches, Kuzma plays defense, so does AD play defense. But I'm going to break up a statistic for you that I need you to really, really pay attention to. Okay. Los Angeles Lakers are the number one team in opposing points per game for the other team. They lead the team. They lead the league in opposing points per game for the other team with 100.9. Hmm. They're also number one in the league. In the, not the Number one in the Western Conference. That's a serious deal when you have other teams like Houston's right behind them that's allowing 115 points per game. Right. I think a very large part of the reason why the Lakers are doing so well is because of their defense. Yes. And, yeah, that's a very serious thing. These other teams, the, the second team behind them right now is Utah, who's allowing 100 points a game, and Denver, who's allowing 101. Houston, we just see them, they're just out offensively playing other teams. They're not playing any defense. Because if Houston was also rated as one of the teams that have, what, allowing points per game for another team. They'd be much dangerous. Fifth or sixth place. Yeah. They allow a lot of points. So the thing about that switch around, that turnaround, that additional change in um, time of play is that, you know, we need we need that, we need that defense. Um, Kyle Kuzma really doesn't, you know, he's, I'm, you know, he didn't have any blocks, no steals against Golden State, anything like that. Um, JaVale McGee, though, was, he had three steals and three blocks against Golden State. Yes. Um, that's serious. Three steals is pretty, you know, good. We're talking about professional basketball players here. Um, offensively, I think he should stay with Kyle But, I mean, we all, I always see it as a question mark because, you know what I'm saying, it's still the beginning of the season. We're still trying to find out our players going to get minutes restrictions or teams going to start switching it around or other teams going to start noticing what some of these top teams are doing or are they going to make you know different changes and stuff like that so at this moment man I can't even really can't thoroughly answer that question but I think because LA is, is so good on defense I don't think they would want to change anything right now okay okay and that's fair um that's fair because I think the way I think they, I think they should wait until I, me personally. They're they're playing great defensively, and that is the that is the key difference. If I had to point out a difference from last year Lakers team to this year's Lakers team, it is obviously on that end of the court. And I think this is where the Anthony Anthony Davis acquisition is most underrated. Everybody was talking about what him and LeBron was going to do offensively and how dominant and how good of a player he is offensively, and that he is. He's a, he's a walking 28 and 10 every night. But when he brings the defensive side of the end of the ball, it's spectacular as well. And people got to remember, coming out of Kentucky, Anthony Davis didn't have much of a post-up game. He didn't have... The, the 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 soft jumper that he has now, he was a guy that could protect the rim. He was a guy. He was an elite rim protector that was athletic. Right. 
and I think right so they're basically in a tie for first place of points allowed per game so i'm sorry you're sitting there holding a professional basketball team at 100 points knowing they're well capable of scoring 130 points that's a serious feat for me i gotta say it. especially in the western conference where we yes is a very serious thing. yes a lot of scores i mean teams nowadays you allowing 100 points that's great that's great that's it. Now, how do you feel about the... Let's move on to the East a little bit. How do you feel about the Celtics? Um, with their, their, their first in the East as well. Um, they're playing much more fluent. Their offense looks better. And surprisingly... There are, I mean, I, I, I always say Brad Stevens is a good coach, but surprisingly, there are, the last few years, the Celtics have been relying on their defense. But now, they are, they are a high potent offensive team that can score the ball many ways. How do you feel about the Celtics this year? Well, uh, the Celtics are the uh, fourth leading um, scorers in the Eastern Conference behind. Milwaukee, uh, Washington, and also Toronto as of right now. Um, only thing I can say with them is they just got to keep it going. They're also playing, you know, not bad defense. They are not playing bad defense. I think they are number five or number six in uh, points allowed per game. That's pretty good. Conference. I mean, yeah, they're, they're clicking on all cylinders right now. Um, we talked about this earlier. Kyrie, I think that addition with Kyrie leaving, and you bring an optimistic, optimistic guy in like Kyrie, uh, not Kyrie, like Kimba. Yeah. You know, it, it, everything comes, it comes together. Um, they're five and zero at home. That means they're taking care of business at home. They're four and one away. They're seven and one in the conference. And they're three and one in the division. So I mean, you can't really. They're averaging 116 points per game. I mean, you can't, can't really argue against that at all. So, yeah, I think as long as what they're doing right now, just keep it rolling. I mean, you see Jalen Brown and everybody else, you know, they're committing their 15 points. I'm sorry. You have four different guys, you know, with 15 points and Kemba has 25. Mm-hmm. That, that works. Right. <laughs> that works. That works. Um, you, can't, you can't really go back on something like that. So as long as they're keeping their hands straight, and, you know, they're just looking forward to stuff like that and not looking back. Because as you saw, they uh, – they beat Washington 140-133. Yes. Like, I still with that defense. Like, teams really aren't playing defense this year. And it's kind of, it's, it's upset me a little bit. But teams aren't really playing this defense. But we got to think about how that scoring breakdown went. Marcus Smart had 17. Kim Walker had 25. Jalen Brown had 22. Jason Tatum had 23. Wow. Kansas had 13. And they, were, they had two more players in double figures off the bench. That, that, that's a lot. Ask, what can you ask for? That's a lot of production. That's a lot of points. In the Celtics, only, only four players off the bench weren't in double figures. That's yeah. That's I'm sorry. It's pretty serious. Even though you know, Brian had to sit there and score another forty-four points as he did tonight. Yes, he did. Bradley Beal's playing well. Yeah, he 
that man, that man's an all star, man. You can't, you can't sit there and say that. Yeah, as long as Boston is, you know, keeping their, um, just keeping everything straight, staying optimistic, everybody's working together. It doesn't look like there's any drama going on over there. There's no yeah. arguing. There's no, you know, going back and forth about this and that. There's no jigger jabber about how the coach wants to be played. There's no, oh, they're only ISO. And, you know, this, this is, you know, as they said in the Instagram post, the league is back to where it was, you know, before. The Lakers and the Celtics are leading the conferences, and that's it. So, we're talking about the Celtics. Um, if you're just tuning in, we're talking about the Celtics. The Celtics... I like this Celtic team very much. Um, I think, like you said, like like you already alluded to, I think the Kyrie Kyrie leaving for Brooklyn, I think it, it helped. It really helped shape the Celtics. And even with Kemba, we know Kemba is the best player on the roster, um, or he's the most offensively talented on the roster right so far. We 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 all we all see the camaraderie that they have with just playing with each other. It don't look like no drama. Um the 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 young guys like Tatum and Jalen Brown, they look more they look more comfortable and they look more loose this year. So how do like and we early in the season, I think we both had we both had Boston we didn't have them at number one, but we had Boston at like three and four. How do they sort out now? How do we look at do we look at Boston as a serious title contender, or are they just hot right now? And it's the very, it's the early in the season. Honestly, man, I think I think if they stay on this track, I think yeah, I think they also have to do something with being early in the season. Yeah, I think they just you know they can do it. I think they can do it. Um, we're seeing I'm seeing something weird coming with Philadelphia, which is. It's very surprising to me, but... Oh, boy. Yeah, we're we're going to get to them. 25 points. If Jason Taylor was able to grab seven rebounds a game and also average, you know, about one or two steals, that, that, that that's pretty serious. Um, You can't really go... Like I said, you can't really go against the stats. Um, Yeah, that's just... This is really how it is. Um, There's no... There's no back and forth, there's no, oh, they're not, this guy's not producing enough, everybody is producing in their own way. One thing that I did think was funny is that Marcus Smart gets more assists than Kim Walker does, I thought that was, hmm. thought that was interesting. Um, you would think that Kim Walker has more guys to uh, get the ball out to when he's out there. Right. Maybe, maybe it's just something else, I think, maybe he's just a, maybe Marcus Smart is the pass for his point guard. Right. But yeah, this is just, right as of right now, the way that the league is going, it's early in the season. A lot of teams, like I said, a lot of teams are still filling out. But then today, yeah, Boston, if Boston stays this way and Philadelphia keeps finding ways to like lose games against these teams that they should be beating, that they should beat because we know they can beat them. Yeah, they they they'll mess around and get up in there. I mean, Philadelphia is they're fifth place right there. They're seven and five. I mean, yeah, they're four and over home, three and five away. So we see they're not that productive when they're on the road. Right. I mean, yeah, but they're also a pretty good defensive team, and the team's only averaging about 108 points against them, which is also pretty good. But you know, they're on a they're on a you know they're on a two game losing streak right now. Not not Philadelphia, not Philly. So yeah, no, they they can do something. They can definitely do so, something. Boston really has you know tunnels wide open for them. So Philly, because I, cause I, I said it before the season. I was like, 
this is the best roster that Philly has put together. Um, if they can't get it done this year, I think Philly gotta do. They gotta go. They gotta. They gotta make some moves, like some serious moves. If Philadelphia don't win the East this year, um, they, you, you add Al Horford, you add Josh Richardson, Richardson, you, you're 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 long, you're athletic, you can do just about everything. You got a nice little bench. What is the problem for Philadelphia? Is it Ben Simmons and him not shooting? Is it Embiid's health? What the hell is the problem for the 76ers? Or am I overreacting? I feel like they are just playing down to teams, which is not smart at all. They lost to OKC 127-119. Yikes. Excuse me if I don't say anything, but... Isn't OKC only a couple of places out of what? He bought the eleventh place right now as four and seven. They're in rebuild mode. Yeah, they're four and seven right now. They're below <laughs> five hundred, and they are only one spot above Portland right now. So it's like, what's going on? Are you guys? I mean, that, there's there. They lost Orlando too, one twelve ninety seven. These aren't like game-winning games. They only beat the Cavs by one point. Yeah, the other night. That was a nail-biter. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Was, I don't. I have no idea. They lost to Utah 106-104. That's not a bad loss. Yeah, that's not bad. They lost to the Suns 114-109. But at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, it was, what's, what's going on? This is, this is Philly here. This is a team that, you know, they got knocked off in the playoffs last year off a of, off of, one-time wonder game-winning shot from Kawhi Leonard. So we know you guys are not bad. We know you're good. We know what you can do. So I'm just, I'm just kind of throwing off as of what's going on with their uh, decision-making. Maybe, like I said, maybe it's just preseason journals or something like that. I don't know. It could be anything right now. But, okay. Would you consider moving Ben Simmons? Would you, like... Would you consider moving Ben's trade? Like, what if Philly was like, okay, Ben, offensively, you're great. You're a 6'9", 6'10", point guard with a handle that's athletic that can facilitate. But you can't shoot. With you not being able to shoot, we can't have you on the floor. But you're too talented of a player not to have you on the floor. But Embiid needs the paint to dominate because Embiid is probably one is one of the best big men in, the, in basketball. So do you, would you like like this 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 is what I'm thinking. I like Ben Simmons. I like him a lot. He reminds me of a lot of LeBron. He just don't have a jump shot. Would you trade Ben Simmons for uh, for like a Devin Booker? Would you trade him for like a Devin Booker? Would you consider trading Ben Simmons? It's a good question. I think the reason why Ben Simmons is also heavily regarded is because he's not a very big turnover guy. Okay. Even in losses, he still has very minimal turnovers. He only had two turnovers in that loss against Orlando. That's you know pretty good for a point guard. We all we know point guards usually average a good four or five. Just those three turnovers is very good. That's that's very good. Um, we have some teams that are averaging 27 turnovers a game. Meanwhile, Philadelphia only had 15 against Orlando, and they still lost by 
pretty good margin. Ben Simmons had 18 points, 8 rebounds, 5 assists. I think the problem with moving Ben is you're losing... First off, you're using you're losing the ability for him to be able to rebound and a couple of other things. Al Horford isn't the, the, what the biggest rebounder, I would say. You know, mm-hmm. he had the same amount of rebounds. He had eight rebounds also. Right. But yeah, he's not the biggest rebounder guy in the world. But at the same time, you're losing a very, very big beneficial part of your offense. Like Philadelphia's offense is able to run and move because Ben always has his head up and he's passing the ball. Um, I think if you get Devin Booker, that's still a still a bad man to have your team. But at the same time, it's like is Devin Booker going to still be able to provide that same amount of energy coming with assist and keeping his head up against head up while running the floor and grabbing rebounds and stuff like that? Because all that type of stuff matters. That's there's a serious serious things you got to bring in this play in terms of you know Philadelphia team. I mean, Devin Booker had nine assists, but he had five turnovers mm. in that loss against L.A. Those three extra turnovers, you know, that cost, that cost. That's not that's not just, you know, let go. It was a five time you let the ball go to the team. He only had three rerounds, too. He also had 21 points. That's not a very far margin off from what um, Ben Simmons was doing. So it's like they're comparable, but at the same time, you know, Ben's going to not turn the ball over as much. He's probably going to get the same amount of points on what sometimes or very consistent nights. But, I mean, yeah, I wouldn't want to trade just because of that rebound factor and that defensive factor that Ben Simmons has that Devin Booker doesn't have. Because, I I mean, and the only reason why I say this, because I I like Ben Simmons. I've been a huge fan of Ben since LSU, since high school. But, when teams, when 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 playoff, when postseason basketball comes up, and I think the seventy, I think we can agree that the seventy sixers, they they hope to be playing deep into the postseason. When teams lock, when when the game slows down and teams start to really lock in defensively, and with Ben not shooting or not being able to shoot one one or the other, because I don't know if he can shoot or don't want to shoot. But with him not shooting the ball whatsoever, that limits what the 76ers can do offensively because you got Embiid on the floor that needs to be on the po- in the post. He's, he's, he's practically unstoppable when he's in the post. But you need Simmons to be on the floor, and Simmons can't play out on the wing because he can't shoot. So that's, what, that, that's the only reason why I break out Devin Booker or, uh, or, or, or just the, uh, the option of trading um, ben Simmons, because offensively, when it when the game slows down, he don't do much for me on the half court. He does not. He does not. And yeah, that's that's where your play comes in because Devin Booker can go zero two from three point like he did last game, or he can go four or five like he did when he beat the Brooklyn Nets one thirty eight one twelve. Um. And he only had two turnovers in that game. And he also had 27 points. He was 10 or 14 from field goal. Those are very good numbers. So, I mean, it's almost like it's here or there. Because Ben's consistent. But sometimes Devin Booker, when 
he's not as consistent, but though he still has bigger games than Ben Simmons does. Right. So it's like, ah, how are you really going to put that into play? Because 27 points, four or five three-point over, you know, Ben Simmons, 18, no three-point shots. And most of those shots that Ben Simmons is getting is either from a couple of fast break plays or post-ups and dunks and then some free throws or a couple of uh, fadeaways, you know, that, that that's different. So you really have to bring that into play when you start thinking, ah, yeah, Devin, do I want that 27 points? What, after these first two games, or I want that 12, 15, 18 points for Ben for these next three games? Which one do you want? But I think, yeah, I think that's, that's a pretty good, it's, it's, it's an odd way to think about it because I don't know if yeah, he would be able to fit with that offense as much as they need passing because, yeah. And Phoenix, uh, I don't, Phoenix is very, 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 very good this year. They're, they're surprising me. But they also have a couple of players that are choosing to show out when they want to. They're not just doing what they need to on a regular basis. We have Kelly Oubre who's just saying, okay, I'll score 20 for you this game. The next game, he'll score one point. That's like, how are you going to do that? Right. Yeah. So have you been surprised about Toronto's play? How many minutes did he play? How many minutes did he play? Played 33 minutes. Oh, wow, okay. That's a a significant amount of time to be out there on the floor, and you only score eight points. Um, Fred Van V had 14, Pascal Siakam had 16, Norman Powell had 15. Yeah, I don't don't really know. I think they just need, yeah, that, that one big player, it's something seriously that they need. Um, I think they're suffering with Kyle Lowry being out. Mm-hmm, yeah. Kyle Lowry was a very, you know, he's a very serious piece for that team in terms of their production. Um, I think they could have beat the Clippers with Kyle Lowry out there because you know he just he just offers veteran experience. He takes his hustle and he brings it in, and it, that's the only way it's going to work. But. Yeah, I'm surprised, man. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm a little interested in how they're going to take the rest of the year, starting off the way they are. Even though they're not a bad team, definitely not. But I'm, I'm interested in how they're going to take the rest of the season. John Morant, he's playing phenomenal right now. Any rookies that have surprised you this year? Um. Well, yeah, that's all for John. Um, Rui Hachimura. Yeah. Is. Rui Hachimura is I'm I'm really like what I'm seeing out of him. Even though Washington is only three and seven. Yeah. I'm I'm liking what I'm seeing out of him. We've seen him play a couple times and he's really good. Right. I like what I'm seeing out of him. Um he's not doing too much. He's applying things that he already knows what to do. He know, applying things he already knows how to do 
and he's just making it faster and stronger. Right. He's playing his position, and he's doing what he needs to do. Like, and he's smart. Yeah, you can't complain about that. Like, there's just nothing you can do. Like today, they, they beat the Timberwolves 137-116. Yeah. After the Timberwolves' previous game, they demolished the Wizards. Yeah. But, Rudy Hachimura had 8 points, 25 minutes, 4 rebounds, 3 assists. So it's like, is he going to stay consistent with this play? Or is he not? I, I think know. I think the Wizards found them a nice solid player. I I, I don't so I, I don't know if he's gonna be an all star. I I just don't I don't I don't I don't know. It's too early to tell. I don't know if he's gonna be an all star like three four years down the road. But from what I've seen, he's a pretty good player. He's smart. Uh, he can he got he got he has good size to defend multiple positions. Um, he got a nice little jumper. I, I like him. Yeah. He can move, too. He's not like a, not a very heavy, cemented player who can't go anywhere. He can he can get you out in the post, give you a little move, go past you, fake, give you a bucket. He's not a very hefty, hefty, hefty guy. But at the same time, you're not going to push him out of the way like he's a little boy. Right. So, yeah, I mean, the thing now is, is it going to be consistent to the point where he can keep scoring these 20 points and stuff like that? He can keep getting these eight, nine, ten rebounds because I honestly think he should be a double double machine. I think that's literally what he could become. Mm. He's a very, very serious double double machine that just keeps grabbing ten rebounds and keeps having over ten points. Because I mean it's like <laughs> he has the ability to do that. I mean, he did it against Boston. He had twenty one points but only four rebounds. But it's like anytime you score twenty you know what I'm saying? You still want to add that rebound margin on there because it's important. But yeah, he's 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 definitely um, shining bright to me. Um, the guy Pascal from Golden State, he's very yeah, he's, he's he's very 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 I think intelligent in terms of how he's taking his season so far. Yeah, he's doing things that I didn't think he was going to do. I didn't even know who the guy was, but I started looking at his production. Yeah, no, he. He's a he's a nice addition for them. Um, I don't know who Golden State's doing management time management for him right now, but haven't seen him that much showing up that much in these last few games. But um, in the loss that they had against Minnesota, uh, November eighth and Friday, at twelve points and one rebound. But I mean, on a team like Golden State right now, yeah. He's shining. He's shining. He's shining differently. Um, yeah, I like I like the way this looks. So, so right now, one last thing. Um, <clears throat> one last thing, because uh, it's a lot of guys hurting out. Um, a lot, especially in the West, a lot of guys that's been injured and out, and that's going to be out for uh, for a good amount of time. And I've been seeing from the East and West some young. Emerging stars like Trey Young, Luka Doncic, uh, Devin Booker, who could possibly be seeing their first All Star game appearance. Just, just lastly, what what do you got to say about that? Repeat that question again. I want to be asked. It's good. Um, last thing: Trey Young, Luka Doncic, Devin Booker. They've been really good. They've been really good. 
early in the season. Do you think those guys are all star caliber? I think they are. You think they you think they make the all star team this year? Oh, without a doubt. Their their offensive production is yeah, their off, offensive production is you can't you can't sit there and deny it, sit here and say they haven't been doing spectacular things. Luca is out here scoring thirty one, thirty one just easily. He's not doing a lot, he's not getting injured. Yeah, he's just doing it. Um, and leading, and, and they're all three leading our teams. Right. Trey Young's out here nutmegging people, winning games, putting games away, stuff like that. Sending games to very high amounts for a team like Atlanta. I mean, who really didn't have a point guard, a serious point guard like that for a while. Yes. And then he comes in, he's out here hitting 40-foot shots. I mean, yeah. Um, same thing with Diva. I mean, he's doing what he needs to do. I love the way that Phoenix is handling this season. You know, Phoenix was, what, if not one of the worst teams in these recent years. Yes. Here they are, you know, atop of the Western Conference. Doing all right. They're not They're not doing that bad. They're atop of the Western Conference. Who would have ever seen Phoenix Suns high in the Western Conference? Nobody. I, at least I did. So... As of right now, I mean, yeah, those three guys can those three guys in some pretty good, pretty good seats. As of right now, um, gotta say it, especially Luca. Luca's doing a lot. Luca's passing the ball. Luca's scoring, as we know. Luca's playing defense also. He's not just going out there, running up and down the floor, doing nothing. He's doing things hmm. against pretty solid defensive defensive players. I mean. He had 38 points in 35 minutes with 14 assists. I mean, not 14 assists. 14 rebounds and 10 assists against the Knicks. And they still lost. Like, I'm sorry, 38 points in 35 minutes? Yeah. May have been 311, 3.13, you know, 13 to 26 field goal. But still, 38 points is, you know, off a natural night like that. That's, that's good. That's what you need to do. You can only move up from there. You've seen a very, very good progression from him since last year. Yeah. This year. Yeah. Very good, pro- very good progression. He had 27 his last game, 37 minutes. You can't, what do you want to sit here and say? He's not doing what he needs to do as a second-year player? Mm-hmm. No. He basically got a taste of what last year was like. He got rookie of the year of that. So it's not like he wasn't, you know, not noticed. I mean, yeah, he's doing what he needs to do. Go out there, he's being Luke. He's having the European drip. Luke had, he's literally had 29 and over these last three or four games. Mm. Easily. And it's not taking him a lot. It's taking him about 30, 33 minutes. And, and he's efficient. Game. Yes. It's not taking him long to do any of this. He's going out there and doing it. And the team they're winning. You see where they are. Right. You see exactly where they are. Well, um, that was just an NBA talk for you guys. Um, thank you, Mike, for uh, doing that. Uh, always good. You, you know, you're always good with that NBA talk. You're 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 you're, you're good. So, um, thank you guys for listening to another episode. Once again, um, once again, thank you guys for listening to another episode. 
I'm out. Adios, amigos. I'll be back next episode to give you guys my week 11 or the rest of my week 11 picks going into this weekend. Got some college football. Not as big as a weekend as it was last week, but still a big week in college football. Watch out for those polls. And I'm out, ladies and gentlemen.